Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's play some football! Run right to the back of it. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. I'm your host, Zach Perry. Joining me, as always, David Brandt of the Associated Press. As we are into double digits, we are in week 10 as Ole Miss hosts Texas A&M Saturday, 11 a.m. on, I believe, uh, ESPN. That is correct. Yeah, ESPN. No SEC network. So ESPN, big game for Ole Miss. Uh, playoff rankings come out this evening. Probably looking at a 10 or 11 ranking, David, but uh, how are we doing this morning and what do we think of uh, playoff chances? Doing good. Doing good this morning. As you know, the, the World Series is happening in Phoenix, so we got lots of good sports here. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the college football goes, Ole Miss – you know, I caught quite a bit of the Vanderbilt game the other day, and it was just a really, it was a really clinical, just really strong performance, I thought. And and so I think, you know, the college football ranking, as far as that, it's going to be around 10. And, and I think nothing's changed as far as what we've talked about. You've got Texas A&M in front of you, then you've got Georgia, if you get past that. Um, and you get your free shot. And I think if, if right. you beat Georgia, you'll be right exactly where you want to be. So I, I don't, you know, it, it would be nice for Ole Miss to be in that 9-10 range just so you don't have to leapfrog too many teams. But like I said, I you know, if you win the games you're supposed to win down the stretch and, and maybe win that one big game that you're not necessarily supposed to, um, it's all right there in front of you. I'll be interested to see – where they land tonight when it's announced. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm sure it's at six, seven o'clock. Um, right. Not entirely sure on that, but yeah, I, I would think they're at 10. Uh, they're 10 in the coaches poll, 11 in the AP. I still don't understand how they're behind Oklahoma. Um, but I guess maybe just transitive property, Texas beat Bama. Oklahoma beat Texas and Bama beat Ole Miss, so maybe that's why they're ahead. But I don't, I don't think people were thinking about it that much. I think maybe just, maybe I think not. They just dropped Oklahoma for. I, I remember what I would do. Like you would look at that sometimes, like transitive properties, and of course head to head. But sometimes the the rankings just end up. But I do agree. Right now, the way they're playing, Ole Miss, I think would beat Oklahoma. I was I was looking through the AP rankings. And I was like, which teams would they definitely beat ahead of them? And the only one I think they would definitely beat is is Oklahoma. I think everybody yeah. – they could beat Penn State. They already lost to Alabama. You know, so Oklahoma was the one that I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. I, 
Oklahoma, their one loss is to Kansas on the road, but it was to Kansas's backup quarterback. Right. And I mean, and I actually to his credit, he's pretty game. good. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is good, but come on, man. Like, yeah. you know, if you you're, think you're a playoff, if you're a playoff team, you right. don't lose to Kansas even on the road. Like that's that's a tough loss to to you know get back to the playoffs. So that's no disrespect. Kansas they've done a remarkable job there. That program three or four years ago was maybe the saddest program in in the power five and it's really turned yeah. around quickly. So I, I'm not hating on Kansas. It's just if you think you're a playoff team, losing to Kansas, even if it's on the road, is not a great way to go. Well, and a week ago when we did the show, Oklahoma had the the highest percentage chance to get to the playoff, and now they've dropped to 29%. Ohio State's at 1 at 79, Florida State at 65, Michigan 49, Georgia 41, Bama 30. But, yeah, I, I would say Ole Miss's road loss to Bama is, is better when you stack it up to a road loss at Kansas. And – it doesn't matter. I mean, at this point, if you're Ole Miss, yeah, playoff rankings are cool. A, you know, a top 10 ranking is great for for marketing and for, you know, clout on Instagram and Twitter, but you just got to keep winning games. Saturday is a big one. They play Texas A&M. But, yeah, like you said, if we quickly go back to Vandy and recap that one, it was a pretty methodical dominating performance. I was actually kind of shocked that – Vandy, well, okay, let me let me backtrack. I wasn't shocked once I was on the field in pregame and saw A.J. Swan was dressed. Um, not that I'm, you know, staying locked into uh, injury reports for the Commodores, but I had not heard anything all week that A.J. Swan wasn't playing. I was banking on A.J. Swan and, you know, Will Shepard hooking up late in that game for a cover. Um, he was not dressed out, and – they could not get anything going on offense until the second half when Ole Miss just appeared to have just gone to just strictly base defense and were just rushing three. But, um, yeah, I mean, David, it was it was a dominant performance. I think Jackson Dart might have potentially just gotten a little bored and and threw a bad interception. But uh, I saw that pass. But yeah, that, it was. You know. I, I want to say it was at the end of the first half. It was. And, I, I and, just watched the highlight, actually. Yeah, and he, yeah, he got caught, got caught looking at his receiver a little bit too long, and um, Vandy picked him off. But outside of that, I mean, he was pretty damn good. Dayton Wade had a career day. Uh, Ole Miss now the only team in the Power Five with three receivers with five hundred or more yards receiving is pretty and pretty impressive. Yeah, they've they've really got a good thing going with that group right now. I, I think, and and they're they're peaking at the right time. I know I sound like a broken record. We keep talking about this, but you know, Quinshawn Judkins ran really well, and I, I think he's getting stronger as the as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. Dave Wade made that great catch when he came back on that deep ball. Uh, you know, and, and he bailed, he bailed and Dart ball. out. Oh yeah, he did. That ball was underthrown. He came back and got that ball and and really outplayed the the defensive back to make that play. It was a beautiful play. Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins. I, I just think you're really giving opposing defenses like you better have some guys who can play, you know, man coverage and, and really because they're gonna they're gonna test you. If you if you double yeah. one way, they can go this way. They can do lots of different things. I, I think that trio of receivers, as the years gone on, it's kind of like you know, none of those guys necessarily will just maybe Trey Harris, but no, nobody just in one game. You're just like, oh my gosh, and, you know, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. or something like that. But they right. they've got three really really good receivers that you kind of have to pick your poison, and you better be deep in that secondary, or otherwise Ole Miss will pick you apart. It was um, honestly we we've talked about it a lot of how Kiffin's approach to the offense is is very unique and it's something that he does and you know the, sure there are probably some other coaches that do it but he is he's stuck to it and I, I think it you know potentially frustrates people at times it maybe drives some people crazy but he is going to attack you in several ways and I think a lot of it is matchups and they find stuff on film during the week and you know fall camp, spring, whatever, you know, they're constantly watching film and 
and evaluating, you know, the best way to attack a defense, but he is going to come at you with whatever works. He's not going to slam his head into a wall. It's not going to be a square peg round hole type approach. And yeah, I mean, they can come at you with three receivers. Now they've got Caden Prescorn, who, you know, is a, a viable option from the tight end position. He's an incredible blocker in the run game. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna play zone, if you're gonna drop seven or eight, they're gonna run the football with Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley uh and Jackson Dart. So they attack you, they put you in a bind defensively with just the different ways they can come at you. And I think I heard this on um, a podcast uh, last week. I was listening to College Sports Now. Shout out to uh, Stephen Hartzell and, and Michael Felder. They're good buddies of mine. And um, Felder, who, who played at North Carolina, he's, he's covered college football for, for years, like two decades. And he's a big film junkie. He, he gets into the weeds. He's all into the X's and O's and all that minutia. But he had this interesting theory on Kiffin, and I I don't think it's – it might just be a fact. I don't think it, it may not be a theory, but he said that Kiffin loves to do all this different stuff just to give people things on film to look at. It's just something that you have to account for. Now, it might be a gimmick. It might just be for fun. It might be Kiffin trolling, but he is going to put stuff on film every week that DJ Durkin's going to have to look at. Kirby Smart's going to have to look at, you know, Zach Arnett down the road. Like all these teams are, you know, hey, they may not do it, but we have to be ready for it if they do. And David, I mean, it was Felder spoke it into existence. Ole Miss put J.J. Pegues in a Wildcat quarterback position. <laughs> they hadn't done it all year. And I immediately thought about my boy Felder. And he was, I was just like, he called it. Like, to me, that's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Lane Kiffin does think next level like that sometimes. I, I think you're right that he he puts eye candy out there, even, you know, in certain situations that it's not that big of a deal if it doesn't work out. Sometimes, you know, he'll he'll do it even in a position where it is a big deal if it doesn't work out. But I, I think that is part of its game plan. And, and what I like about Ole Miss right now is – you know, you go into a game against them, you're preparing for them, like you said, as a defensive coordinator. Like, what is all this? Are they a throwing team? Are they a running team? Yes, they're both. I mean, you know what I mean? There's You can't really pin Ole Miss down right now. Can Jackson Dart beat you? Sure, he can, and he has before. You know, they mm -hmm. can win games yeah. 52 to 49 or whatever that LSU score is. Or they can win games – you know, take the air out of the ball and have Quinshawn Junkins run 25 times and, and win 21 to 10 if they need mm -hmm. to. And, and, you know, they obviously, I, I think you're right that sometimes it drives people nuts because you get that one Kiffin turd, <laughs> you know, against <laughs> Alabama when, it, when it's just like, what is going on? And, and the plan just doesn't work out. But I, I think overall, as the season goes on, you're right. It, it, you have to prepare for a lot, I would think, as an opposing defense preparing for Ole Miss. What do you prepare for? Because they've got lots of options right now. They're pretty healthy right now. And and they really haven't committed one way or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think if you're a defensive coordinator, basically you're like, we, we try to stop the run and make them beat you through the passing game. But the, the passing game at this point is is – tough enough that that's not a great option either. So anyway, I, I just think that was a long-winded way of saying that Ole Miss is balanced right now, and I, I like the way they're trending. Yeah. It, going back to, to Felder's point, you know, he mentioned it, and we've talked about it here and there, but I've never thought of it as like that deep and, and convoluted. But yeah, there are weeks when, when Kiffin will run a lot of like heavy, you know, pro spread type, concepts with the run game where they they spread you out you know kind of the old Baylor scheme where they go with the numbers in the box and they attack you that way then there's weeks when you know they spread it out they'll go four and five wide a lot they'll throw the ball around and then uh you know they'll kind of run a little you know veer and shoot with the zone read and they'll let dart move around with his legs and and then there's times when they're more traditional and more pro concepts with with Judkins running the football and being physical and I think that's a great point that you made about Judkins uh 
looking healthier and looking stronger because I do think he was super banged up in that two lane game. I think he took some shots early and I don't think he was a hundred percent until a couple weeks ago. And now you're starting to see that, you know, kind of unfold in, in, in front of you when you watch games, he looks much more confident running the football, kind of planting that foot, getting North and South and, and more, more physical. He's running angry. Um, you know, maybe it's, he's a hundred percent and, or it's, you know, SEC play games are meaning more. They're, they're, they're finding a rhythm offensively, I think, is kind of our overall point here. And I think that's that's a great sign heading into Saturday. I heard in the SEC it, it just means more. That, that's what they that's <laughs> yeah. what they keep telling me. <laughs> so, yeah. Sh- shout out to Greg Sankey there, doing your work for you. But uh it, anyway, yeah, I think Judkins has has run the ball really well. And and what I like again after covering Ole Miss for so many years, it seemed like this time of year, you know, Ole Miss was the team against some of these these bigger programs like a Texas A&M or an LSU that didn't quite have the depth. And as these bigger SEC games came down the stretch in October, you get into November, they start getting banged up and they seem to be trending the wrong direction. This is one of the first times I can remember that it really feels like Ole Miss is, is trending in the correct direction as November comes, I think they're playing their best football right now. I think they're, you know, as relatively healthy as you're going to be in the middle of the SEC schedule. I, I think they know who they are. I, I just, there's a lot of things going right for Ole Miss right now. And and we haven't even talked about the defense played really well against Vanderbilt. I know, you know, they had their two backup quarterbacks, but to hold a team to just 60 passing yards, two interceptions, it was a great job, and I, I think Pete Golding is, is starting to find an identity on that side, just like Ole Miss has on the offensive side. Yeah, we, we, we talked a lot about identity earlier in the year, and I think that's it's, it's kind of a uh, – there's a caveat to it because Ole Miss can kind of – they can have several identities on offense with how they attack you. So I, I think that's good. Sure, it's great if, if you can be Air Force and, you know, Option Surprise. football is your identity. Um, and that's that's what you do. You do it well and and you do it until somebody stops it. But I do think it's 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 a unique and and a feather in the cap for Ole Miss to be so dynamic and so explosive in many different ways that it, it makes life difficult. I mean, honestly, outside of a you know a half of football when Alabama made some adjustments, hasn't nobody's really been able to slow down their attack whichever way they attack you um you know you can sure you can say well the arkansas game was close late and the auburn game was close late but those games were never in doubt almost did what they wanted to do offensively and secured a win and the defense slammed the door shut in the fourth quarter right it's just winning complimentary football and they're not yeah. blowing everybody out it's i mean it it in a lot of ways, kind of is like Georgia light at this point. I'm not going to put Ole Miss in Georgia's class because obviously they haven't done what, what Georgia has done. But I, I think you see that with Georgia week in and week out. They do what they have to do to win the game. And if that's by, you know, seven points, if that's by 28 points, you know, they can, they can, they can run it up a little and, and score some points and you know, win the cocktail party by 23 points, or they can just kind of grind you out. So I, I, I think Ole Miss is in that, discussion of teams that that really is one of the better just versatile offenses this year so far in college football it's been fun um let's take our first break and we will get into the a&m game in the second segment preview that big one as Ole Miss will have another home game and uh another shot in the national spotlight to uh make a statement and March towards eight and one. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner. And as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play around a golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players, 
and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide zoysia fairways and extra large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks, Zach Berry, David Brandt here with you, a show that comes every Tuesday, and it is brought to you by College Corner every single week. The good folks on Sisk Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi, go over there, check it out. Went on Saturday before I made my way to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, went to check it out. Tons of options. You've got Everything from men's and women's apparel. You've got kids apparel. They got kids polos, sweatshirts. They got the real tree stuff in there. And they've got tailgating supplies. You can go in there and snag some stuff for your tent. Uh, and you can also grab a gift or two while you're in there as Christmas is quickly approaching as we record this on Halloween. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. And then uh, Christmas will be right around the corner. So if you need to get some Ole Miss gifts for your friends or family, Look no further than College Corner, 825 Sisk Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Scott and the folks over there do a fantastic job. They've got all of your Ole Miss merch, apparel, gifts, tailgating supply needs over there at College Corner. All right, David, as we look towards Saturday, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, 11 a.m. on ESPN. The line right now has... Kind of settled at three. I believe it opened at kind of four and a half, five territory. If I'm being honest, I'm not a huge, you know, Vegas guy. I mean, I we do a gambling show every week, but, you know, my my, my fellow members of the Legal Gambling Council help me out with a lot of the minutia there. But I feel like that line's a little disrespectful, is it not? Feels like we're disrespecting the Rebels a little bit on that one. I don't, you know, Texas A&M, that was a nice win over South Carolina last week, but I don't even know what that means anymore because South Carolina keeps disappointing us week in and week out yeah. like they do. So I, it feels like, you know, where that line started, that five, six range, that to me feels like that's where that should be. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. Texas A&M did have two close losses to Alabama and Tennessee, both a touchdown or under six points to Bama, seven points to Tennessee. So you know, I, I do think that Texas A&M hasn't been blown out this year. They've played close games. It's it's a solid team. But I, I think Ole Miss at home with a lot to play for, if they play well, I, I think this is a 10-point win. I, I just don't – I don't yeah. think Texas A&M can, can score with them. They, they haven't shown anything really in the past month or so to show me that they can. They scored – 34 against Arkansas, then they scored 20 against Bama, 13 against Tennessee, 30 against South Carolina. Max Johnson's been all right, and I, and I like that receiver. He had a big game last week. Smith, I forget his first – what's his first name? Oh, and, I, uh, I, Anaya Smith, yeah. Anaya, Anaya Smith, yeah. He's a good player. I mean, I like Texas A&M. I, I think they're a solid SEC team, but I just think Ole Miss is better right now. And I, I think at home and the way they're playing, I think this is a – 31 to 21 game. I'm with you. Max Johnson just doesn't do anything that scares you. He's not mobile. He's not going to wow you with the arm talent. I think that that's the limiting factor for me. We know all about A&M and the defense. The front seven's really, really good. Um, Defensive efficiency numbers show that Ole Miss is a tad bit better collectively as a unit, but um, 
you know, A&M has, has stockpiled five stars over the last several cycles in recruiting. And, you know, yes, they have. <laughs> lo and behold, you know, hey, look, they're pretty good now. But um, I don't know. I, I just feel like Kiffin is going to be more than ready. And they're going to have some stuff cooked up for DJ Durkin's defense that they haven't seen yet. And then the stuff that they have seen, Ole Miss is just really good at it. Um, right. I just think Ole Miss has more ways to beat Texas A&M than Texas correct. A&M has to beat Ole Miss. Correct. Like you talked about, Max Johnson, there's nothing wrong with him. He's a solid quarterback. I just, you know, is he going to be dynamic enough? I, I I mean, is there a way Texas A&M wins this game? Absolutely. Like, you know, Jackson Dart throws a pick or two. You know, Ole Miss has a rough start. Whatever happens, I, I think Texas A&M could get some momentum and make this one really difficult. But I, I just think Ole Miss has more ways to win this game. If they play well, they're a touchdown better, I think, at least. Yeah, I, I this one's going to be a fun one in the trenches. A&M leads the country in tackles for loss and sacks. Ole Miss is top five in sacks. They're top 10 in tackles for loss. And I just, I look for this defense in Pete Golding. You mentioned Quinchon Judkins getting stronger as the year goes on. I think this defense is getting stronger as the year goes on. They are really coming into their own up front. Uh, This defensive line group has really thrived with a lot of the experience and explosive guys they've picked out of the portal and then some some returning guys that are just playing really well. Jared Ivey, Cedric Johnson are making a lot of plays. Kari Coleman off the edge. And then I, I really liked the addition of Joshua Harris and Stephen Wynn in the middle. Aquilo mm-hmm. Stone has really kind of surprised people. I, I don't think when he was picked up from Georgia Tech, he didn't have a, a you know he didn't have gaudy numbers when he was in Atlanta. But I think he's been a pleasant surprise. But Golding has just done a really nice job piecing together game plans week in, week out that have catered to the skill set and the, you know, what Ole Miss does well. Um, and you already mentioned it. I mean, the secondary has been really good. Um, I, I just kind of look for Ole Miss. If they can take care of the football, not turn it over, and just get after Max Johnson and force him to make throws off platform out of the pocket. I think they're going to have success. And like you said, the, the offense is going to do its thing. Um, I was, a lot of people were talking about the crowd last week against Vandy, which it turned out to be a really good one. Um, but I think a lot of people are really amped up for this game, even though it's an 11 AM kick, I expect like a Kentucky like atmosphere from a year ago. I think it'll be a, really raucous crowd people kind of sense the importance of this game and and what it means heading into a big road game against Georgia and I I like Ole Miss to to win at home yeah I mean I I was thinking like a like a 31-17 type win yeah and and you know a lot of times when we're predicting these numbers we keep throwing out that number a lot but that's because that's what Ole Miss feels like right now they feel like a team that scores in the 30s and can hold other teams into the twenties or, or the teens. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to, to add. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you, you try to make Texas A&M kind of one dimensional, try to make Max Johnson beat you. And if he does, you just, you tip your hat, but you know, so right. far I haven't really seen that, that he can. And then I, I think that there's enough options on offense. Texas A&M, like you said, the front seven's great. They're going to make a few plays. You got to account for that, but I, I just think Ole Miss will will be in a position to make more plays. Looking at who they've played this year already, and and how their defense has fared against some of these offenses, you win against South Carolina last week. It was at home. You gave up seventeen. You managed just thirteen on the road at Tennessee. Tennessee puts up twenty. Alabama twenty six. Arkansas scores 22. Some of these offenses that have put up points on this AM defense, you, looking at what Ole Miss has offensively, David, I have to think Ole Miss is a better offensive unit than all of the, t- the teams that I just mentioned. I mean, Miami scored 48 on them in week two. I know that was week two, but 48 points. I mean, Ole Miss has a better offense than Miami. Um, I just, I think this, it's, 
it's going to be a good matchup on paper with, you know, both defenses are really talented. They're really good. They're efficient units. But again, I think the home game, the better quarterback, the better running back, the better coach gets it done here and Ole Miss moves to eight and one. Yeah, you just I now I'm kind of looking at the schedule now and AM just hasn't really they haven't been blown out. They haven't been embarrassed, but they haven't really shown up against anyone who's any good, really. Right. You know, I mean, like, like I said, that South Carolina win, if you told me that back in August, I'd be like, oh, that's a nice win. But, you know, South Carolina's two and six and one and five in the SEC. You're supposed to win that game. Right. And that was a home game. And so, yeah. you know, your, your three hardest games of the year, Tennessee, Alabama, and Miami, you're, you're almost trending backwards as far as what your offense can do. And, and like I said, the defense is super solid. They're going to make some plays, but I, there's nothing – that, that shows me right now that Ole, that uh, sorry a and I was buffering there for a second um, that <laughs> that a and a and M's offense uh, can uh, can can be dynamic enough to get in that high twenties low thirties right. range, which I think is what they're going to need to do to beat Ole Miss. I think that's that that's the word I was searching for that word a second ago, and you you, you said it there dynamic that they don't have any what would you I'm trying to think of like the uh like the adjective for that but yeah they're just not dynamic enough like Le'Veon Moss is solid he's a good running back but yeah I mean they, they've moved Anaya Smith around a bunch he plays some running back he plays some receiver I know they've got some really talented guys on paper at receiver um I mean they've they've recruited well everywhere but uh, I mean Evan Stewart Noah Thomas, Moose Muhammad, those guys had big games a year ago. But Ole Miss, I mean, I was at that game, David. I mean, that was a game that Ole Miss typically loses on the road, and they just grinded it out. I mean, you want to talk about hitting your stride at the right time. I mean, last year, Quinshawn Judkins just had a field day against a and I mean, it was, it, it was clinical with how – he was able to run on that A&M defense a year ago. Um, and, and I feel like we're, we're probably looking at a similar game here. I mean, he ran for 205 yards on 34 carries and had a touchdown. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of what you're looking at. Dart probably going to be pretty, pretty methodical. Uh, you know, I, I would think he'll probably do something, you know, 17 for, for 24 or 17 for 22 for, you know, 180, 190, 200, maybe a score or two, and then they're going to run the ball and, and and dictate pace that way. Um, it's really, you know, outside of a, a couple non-cons in the LSU game, it's just kind of been the MO for Ole Miss offensively is darts taking care of the football, making big throws on second and third down, maybe a couple fourth down throws, maybe a couple chunk plays downfield, but it's been mostly the offensive line gelling as the year's gone on, and Jenkins and better. Bentley. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, Ulysses Bentley is kind of that nice, you know, that sort of Zach Evans. Not, It's not exactly comparable, but it's it's really nice. There's not many teams that have a Ulysses Bentley in their back pocket as a, no. as a change of pace back who, who yeah, would start for probably, what, 120 out of 131 <laughs> Division One teams. I mean, he, he's yeah. a good player, and, and that's – you know, and, and the running back position is just a place where people get beat up, obviously. And so to have two guys, that I think that bodes well. Yeah, they've done a really nice job. They they complement each other well. Um, you know, it's it's nice to just trot a guy out there that you're quote second string back, and he averages six yards a carry. So um, he's a he's a change of pace. He's a he's a home run hitter. I mean, we saw in the LSU game, he ran away from the entire defense when it looked like dudes had an angle on him. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's what happens on Saturday. Maybe he pops a couple big ones when they stack the box and try to slow down Judkins and Dart, and he pops one off tackle and, and gets loose. But, yeah, I, I think Ole Miss will win this one by 10, 13 points, give or take. Um, you know, sure, it could be tight late just because it's a defensive matchup that, that people love to see in the SEC, you know, the – the old heads want to see that defensive battle, but 
Yeah, if it's 23-17, 24-17, and Ole Miss tacks on one late, you know, a long drive, you know, sustained drive to put it away, um, I wouldn't be shocked. So I, I'm thinking Ole Miss wins comfortably because, um, like you said, A&M's just not dynamic offensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Ole Miss has more ways to win this game. Does that mean they're going to? Not necessarily, but – if, if you're an old Miss fan going into this game, I, I think you like your chances. And I did. This was also the A&M game was kind of the high water mark last year too. I, I realized they were eight and one after that, and then it kind of all went downhill afterwards. But uh, yeah. But hopefully for Ole Miss, that is not the case this year. Just doing a little playing around on ESPN.com. If you uh, tinker with the playoff chance scenario thing that they have the little uh you, know, you can go through and you know playoff predictor if Ole Miss were to win out but not make Atlanta for the conference championships 12 percent chance to make the playoffs so um they're gonna need That's a lot it. of help yeah they're gonna need a lot of help and they're gonna need to beat Georgia and uh but but again like we've we've talked about it if you go 11 and one you beat Georgia and you don't make Atlanta and you're just the fifth. You're the fifth team. You know, you're one of the first two out. You just go to a really nice access bowl and you you get prepared for um, 2024, which sets up to potentially be, you know, the year for Lane Kiffin in year five. Yeah, I just, I mean, if you go 11 and one in the regular season with a road loss to Bama, I mean, yeah, you know, do you look back at that Bama game and and kind of kick yourself? Sure, but. Come on, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> that's yeah. That's an if awfully you, good season. If you go right. eleven and one and you beat Georgia and you really went out the rest of the way, and if you don't make the playoff, I mean, then you know we'll be old men in thirty years talking about what could have been in that special <laughs> Ole Miss season. But like, I mean, you take your chances. I, I just, I like I said, I, I think you know the things we're talking about with Ole Miss football right now, even you know five years ago. It, it, it was hard to believe this when you were trying to get me on the, the Lane Kiffin train. <laughs> I think if you had offered in July or August 11 and one with your only loss at Alabama, every single Ole Miss fan takes it. I was about to say, if you don't take every that, you're single an idiot. One. You're yeah. an idiot. Like, yeah, like that's a great season. Even, you know, say they lose to Georgia, go 10 and two, and that, that's a really, really good Yeah, that's season. awesome. That's, right. that's twice, I mean, twice that Kiffin's won 10 games in a regular season. Right. And and right now, you know, is especially if you beat Texas A&M, that looks like that's incredibly doable at this point. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, if you're really any college football fan, the only thing you could ask of your team is to be in position most years to have a chance at the playoff. And uh, Ole Miss is absolutely in that position right now. They were last year too, until they kind of fell apart down the stretch. But again, I think Kiffin has done a really good job these last two years of putting Ole Miss in the conversation because you've got to be there, you know, first. Like every time we talk about, you know, LSU or Texas A&M, I mean, you know, those teams, huge expectations, and they're already on the outside looking in, even though they've had good seasons in lots of ways too. So I think what Ole Miss is doing is is pretty special, and, and I, I don't think that, that fans should take that for granted. All right, we're going to take our final break. On the other side, we'll get into week 10 in the SEC, look at the remaining games on the slate. So hang tight, and we will be right back. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601-953-8449 and get your free quote today. Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock. 
an easy install, all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Final segment here on Daytime Fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you. All right, let's get into week 10, David, as it has flown by, it seems. But that is, I, I'm telling you, that's the biggest difference in covering college football and NFL football. Is that <laughs> in the NFL right now, you know, you're not even at the halfway point. And then with college football, it just, it just goes so quickly. I mean, the, the season's awesome, but. You know, suddenly you look up, it's week 10, and, you know, you're, you're talking about the Egg Bowl. So, anyway, that was a sidetrack. Let's talk about games. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I mentioned the Kentucky atmosphere a year ago that Ole Miss is going to be hoping for on Saturday. You, you know, a guy that was involved in that in that football game is trying to make me care about the Titans now as Will Levis had himself a uh, a big day. <laughs> he um, did. He, he did. I, you know, good for him. They, they, uh, they, now, it was still close. Um, but, uh, you know, Hey, who knew throwing the ball to Deandre Hopkins a bunch was a good thing. Uh, um, I've seen that for a couple of years. He, he can play some <laughs> football, Deandre, Deandre Hopkins made one of the best catches. You remember during that 2020 season, I was like yeah. the only person in the stadium when he made that catch over to the three bills defenders. I was going to say, I, I know exactly the, the one you're talking catches. about. Oh yeah. I mean, the pictures were incredible of it. It was funny because it was in the opposite end zone of where we were at. And so you couldn't really, I mean, you could see it, but it was just like, did he catch that? It, it looked impossible in person. It looked impossible, but anyway, college football. Okay. So let's get into it. Uh, also at 11 AM alongside Ole Miss and A&M Arkansas travels to Florida. Uh, man, this is just, this is a tough scene all around. Uh, yeah, I was about to say the sad bowl. <laughs> Florida a little spunky out the gate, and then Georgia did Georgia things and quickly uh, reminded Florida of where they stand in the East. Um, this one, the line is only six here. I, I'm laying the points. I, I, Arkansas's quit. It's on the road. Florida still has a chance to go to a decent bowl. I, yeah, lay the points. Yeah, I was about to say, three weeks ago, I think Arkansas, you know, this would be a really good game, but I, I just – Man, what a tough stretch for Arkansas. And I, I think Florida has shown moments. They've had some good games this year, and and, and Georgia was just too good for them last week. But I, I think, again, when you talk about ways to beat the other team, I think Florida has a lot more options than Arkansas does at this point. Yeah. I, Sam Pittman's days are numbered, I'm I'm afraid. Um, they They've got – it's just – it's kind of been the storyline around the country. Really good coaches that 
excel when they have really good coordinators, you know, breaking news. But <laughs> Arkansas was really good when they had Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles. And they both leave, and it's just not been great. You look at Clemson, you know, Dabo, and he had Brent Venables and um, Jeff Scott, you know, coaching the offense and the wide receivers. I mean, they were putting dudes in the NFL at wide receiver left and right. Their defense was lights out, and now both of those guys are gone. And, you know, low, don't look now, but Clemson is really bad. So um, it, it's it's not rocket science, but it's still it, – it's. I'm shocked that with K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas has right. been this bad. And right. I know – Let's say Arkansas just shouldn't be this bad with, with that good of a quarterback. And, and like you said, you know, Rocket Sanders has been hurt. And yeah, not everything that, has gone their, their way. I, there's been some tough breaks, but – Luke Haas goes out for the year. He was – he looked like a freshman all American the way he was playing and he's yeah, you, know, you lose him. So yeah, their offense has, has struggled to find playmakers, but I didn't think it would get this bad. Um, right. So yeah, you know. Florida, I think handily wins that one. All right. Two thirty, the big one next to Ole Miss A&M in terms of, you know, quote, playoff implications, sec implications, Missouri travels to Athens, two thirty on CBS Seven and one Missouri, eight no Georgia. The line is fifteen and a half. Is this where Georgia ha- has kind of found their stride for the Death Star, or does Missouri have some some spoiler tendencies here to make this one close? What do you think? Oh gosh, I this this feels a little like Missouri kind of splats against the wall. Yeah, to me, but but I do think Missouri is dangerous in the sense that they can score points, and and Georgia, you know, I, I they scored forty three against Florida last week and honestly looked really good, especially without Brock Bowers. But right. um, but I, I I just think this either goes two ways. I think either Missouri just gets blown out by you know 20, 21, 28 points. Or Missouri wins like fifty-two to forty-nine. I don't. I don't think there's any other way this goes. And I'm kind of leaning towards Georgia winning big, but I, I do. Missouri's been fun on offense. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Luther Burden is, is special. Um, worth uh, every penny that they spent in the NIL bank. But I don't know. I mean, I think Missouri can make it fun early, but. All the jokes that that I made about Carson Beck earlier in the year, he's kind of figured it out, and their defense is starting to play like a Georgia defense. You know, it it was like a couple weeks into the season, Georgia didn't have any team sacks. It was weird. Um, they got after Graham Mertz last week. I, I think they're going to make life hell for Brady Cook and Missouri. Um, the number it's 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 over fourteen, so it's a little little dicey i'm not gonna touch this game in our show that we record tomorrow but i kind of like georgia here I'd, I'd lay the points with them i wouldn't put any real money on it but yeah i mean like you said if you told me georgia wins 45 you know 17 i'm not shocked but yeah, yeah I, I don't... especially since this game is at georgia but i you know missouri a... has surprised me all year and, and they've had some some nice wins and they do have the ability to put up points. I just think, yeah. like you said, Carson Beck, I, I was just impressed with them against Florida. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they left a no doubt. More dynamic. Right. And, and, and also we keep, you know, kind of talking about the Georgia's not super exciting offensively, but they scored 51 against Kentucky. They scored 37 against Vanderbilt. They scored 43 against Florida. They scored 49 against UAB. I mean, I know that's UAB, but that's a lot of points. We're starting, yeah. we're, we're starting to, to, you know, uh, we're expecting things from, you know, Georgia's not going to beat everybody, you know, 91 to 7 like Michigan does in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think Georgia has, has, after a little bit of a shaky start, is, is starting to look like the team we thought they were. And doing it without Brock Bowers is impressive. Um, right. 
they pieced it together. They made plays. I, I didn't think that it would be that easy, but they made it look easy. So, yeah, I um, you know, maybe a potential look ahead spot because they've got Ole Miss in town next week, but I think they're just going to be too good across the board defensively for uh, for Missouri to make some noise here. All right, three o'clock the uh, the nap zone on sec network here, but <laughs> maybe not. This one might be kind of fun. Um, Vanderbilt picking themselves up off of the canvas, heading back to Nashville two and seven. They host four and four Auburn on West end. The number is 12 and a half to Auburn. Um, Ooh, that's a lot. That like doesn't a, score a ton of points. Seems like a whole lot. Um, the quarterback is a, the quarterback is a concern for me, but the dude that Vandy put in late in that game against Ole Miss, um, oh, oh, I know uh, Walter about Taylor. Um, Walter Taylor, yeah. He is a massive human, 6'7", 235. Maybe they just kind of give Hugh Freeze a little bit of his own medicine and just do a lot of quarterback runs, a lot of design stuff, and um, – Maybe they can make this a fun one. I, I still have my questions about Auburn. I, I was, I'll give them, I'll give them their credit. I did not think they would win last week. Mississippi State looked like they could do nothing right, and Auburn got that one. This one's on the road. It's not like First Bank Stadium's a a, a tough place to play, but it is on the road. The and frozen tundra. It, it might be pretty. It might be pretty damn cold. It week, might be cold. But, it might be cold. Um. And you've, <laughs> I think both ends of the stadium are open, so maybe you get some wind in there. Um, Ooh, I but, think this has the markings of one of those just like slobber knocker, fourteen to nine, like you know, just you you talked about the old heads like in defensive football. I don't know if this will be defensive football as much as bad offensive football, but I, I think this is right. going to be a good game in a in a in a weird yeah. sort of way. I think Auburn wins. I think twelve is a lot just with the way these teams and, and Vanderbilt, you know, is not great on defense, but I think they compete mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. And I think that will be enough against Auburn. Um, there's nothing in Vanderbilt's recent history that makes me think they're going to win this game, but I think they'll make it hard on Auburn. I think this is one sure. of those like weird, weird scoring. I, I'm going to call it. I think there's a safety in this game. Okay. I 16, so 16 to seven. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that hmm, you kind of gave like, you know, nowhere in the middle type scenario for Georgia, Missouri. I think this one is either a really ugly close win for Auburn, or it's a game that gets out of hand quickly and Hugh freeze runs it up as much as possible to try to impress the folks. The like, folks at Yellowwood his, and, and all the boosters. I could see him like get his 42 to 10 win or even 35 yeah. to 10 win. I, I, I could see a scenario where that happens, but I, I, I just think this is going to be one of those old Jefferson pilot games. Where, <laughs> the, the, know, the Daves. The, yeah. The Daves, the JP game. I think this is going to be yeah. a good one. All right. 630. This one could be kind of fun. At Davis Wade, Kentucky travels down to Starkville to take on a Mississippi State team that is reeling after losing to Auburn last week in, I'd say, dominating fashion. 27-13, but I don't think it was ever in doubt. But Kentucky, 5-3, and three, they look to bounce back from their loss to Tennessee. Night game in Davis Wade, it, it always can get weird. Um just three and a half, though, for Kentucky. I, I feel like I have Ooh, to. I take Kentucky here. all day. Kentucky all yeah, day. I just, I don't. I, I think. Did you? If you watch that, that Kentucky Tennessee game was a really good game. Actually. It was a good it one. Was really, it was really back and forth. I thought both quarterbacks made a bunch of plays. I thought Kentucky's. What's Kentucky's quarterback's name? His name is escaping me at this point. Devin Leary. Yeah, Devin Devin Leary. Yes. Um, I thought he looked as good as he has in a while, actually. And and I just think they're going to, you know, Mississippi State is not scoring the ball well right now. I, I think Kentucky wins this one, actually, 
fairly easily. I, I, Davis Wade is a tough place to go into, a, particularly at night. But I, I think you know that fan base is a little frustrated right now. I don't think it's going to be the, yeah the the A list. It'll be a good atmosphere. It's Davis Wade. It's it's a night so, game. It's SEC. But I just don't think it's going to be yeah. quite as nuts as usual. I was going to say they are frustrated. Rumors are swirling that agents are mobilizing and they're trying to figure out a way to potentially make a move. I still don't think they do, but I'm not glued into insiders in Starkville. But I will say, regardless of how bad Mississippi State can be in the years they've been down over the the last couple decades, the fans still show up. And even if it's not a packed house, it certainly helps when you have artificial noisemakers to make it a home field advantage. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, can Devin Leary have two good games in a row? Can he put it together again on the road to win an SEC road game? So um, I'm still laying the points. Three and a half is not a lot, and I don't think State's very good. Um, and you're starting to get late in the year where they're they're two wins away from a bowl, and the games aren't getting any easier. So um, – you know, looking at their schedule, they've got Kentucky this weekend at home. They'll get Southern Miss in a couple of weeks. That's a win. Yeah, so they will get to win five. that. So they need to figure out a way to either beat Kentucky, Texas A&M, or Ole Miss. This is this is setting up, David. You know what you know what I'm saying. You know what's coming. This is setting up to be a five and six Mississippi State team going into the yeah, yep. bowl. Yep. For and one of the one of the classic bowl eligible. Yep. Scenarios where, yeah, that, Mississippi State's not as good of a team as Ole Miss, but they're going to have a lot to play for. Those egg games bo- in Starkville. When there's a team that is five and six at an egg bowl, that is a rabid possum that is in a corner. And I think all time that team is 231 and 0 <laughs> in egg bowl games. Yeah. It's so, um, so yeah, that, 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 that sets up for, uh, for some fun on Thanksgiving. So, but yeah, I'm taking Kentucky. I, I just think that Stoops will find a way to win on the road. It'll it, it, in typical Stoops fashion, Kentucky fashion, it'll be just ugly as hell, but they'll get it done. Um, all right. The one that we, everybody is geeked up for. They are probably going to talk. How long is game day on Saturdays? Game day starts at eight. It goes to 11. They'll probably spend two hours and 15 minutes talking about this one. Um, throughout the show number 13 lsu travels to number eight alabama 645 cbs we got the double dip cbs game this week um alabama favored by three here i don't know david i got look i will i'm gonna pat myself on the back here because look I I know that you listen every week and you've been dialed in with the picks and I don't know if you've been tailing us, but the legal gambling council over at hit that line is crushing it right now. We're 63 and 45 against the spread as a group um, for the year. I had a one and two week last week, David, but I absolutely nailed the Oregon pick. I said that Oregon would go in there and they'd flex and they would whip Utah who cannot score. And by God, they put it on the Utes in Rice-Eccles, which doesn't happen very often. I'm going to go out on another limb here. I think LSU wins this one outright. I think Jane Daniels is going to be way too much for Alabama. And I'm not saying it's going to be... I'll go one more. I think LSU wins pretty big. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I wasn't saying it's a beatdown. I just think that they can handle it this is their season like this is their year there's they've got two losses they're trying to keep pace with everybody in the west they they can have the head-to-head here and get back to atlanta if they win out i don't I, jay daniels might be a dude that can win a heisman on a two-loss team and may not even be close right well kind of you know the johnny Manziel type it wasn't like a&m was you know, they were good, but they weren't world beaters those years. 
I, I just, yeah. I, I, for me, it, this is more of one of those field games. It feels like with Alabama this year, and all credit to Nick Saban, he's, I think he's made chicken, chicken salad out of, you know, a, a, a tough mix in a lot of ways. But I, I just, I feel like this Alabama team is like patched together with bubblegum and scotch tape a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. And I think it just kind of falls apart. Jaden Daniels does his thing and LSU wins like 42 to 27, 42 wow. to 24, okay. something like that. I, that. I just, I think, and I think LSU is going to go into this game really loose. I think the pressure's on Alabama at this point. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, because even if LSU wins, you know, there's still, you know, then Ole Miss is in the driver's seat in the West. They're not, you know, so I, I, I just, I'm feeling LSU here. I, I think, I think this is a, a good Alabama team. And I think this might be one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs in the last several years. But I, I just, I just don't think they're that good. I mean, they're good. They're just not what Alabama usually is. I think LSU wins big. Uh, so for me, I have my questions about the LSU defense. Uh, Makai Wingo's out. He's not playing this week. Um, you know, are they are they going to finally stop being stupid and just let Harold <laughs> Perkins go and just let him loose and, and let him get after the quarterback? I mean, when they've done it this year, he's, you know, shocking he's been great at it i mean he was great at it as a true freshman and, and they tried to put him in the middle and he was just he would he would disappear in games um yeah i mean i think they're gonna get after milro they're gonna create some you know some confusion for him because it, it's it's not an lsu defense that your granddad grew up watching but they still have talent um and yeah i mean i think brian kelly's gonna have them ready they're not gonna be intimidated i mean brian denny's not this crazy raucous environment in the first place but i think they're still going to be ready and yeah if lsu goes in and wins i'm not going to be shocked at all and um i guess my thing for for lsu here is you beat bama you find a way to get past you know florida and a&m and then you get to atlanta and you know hey free shot at whoever wins the east probably georgia um I guess that's where it can get a little dicey when I mentioned the Heisman. If they run the table and then lose to Georgia in, in Atlanta, a three-loss Jaden Daniels, depending on the numbers, you know, is he going to be better than Bo Nix or Michael Penix or, um, you know, anybody else that's up for the Heisman? So, um, yeah, I, I think Jaden Daniels is probably a top-five player in the country without question, and he's going to be ready to make a statement because you know that that's kind of what their season is right now is playing spoiler against Bama and, you know, trying to get him a Heisman trophy. And, you know, people are already throwing out comparisons to the 2019 offense with Joe Burrow. So um, we'll see. I, I like LSU on Saturday though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, two weeks to prepare. I just think there's a lot of things going in LSU's direction. And I, and I do agree with you that LSU's defense is just, eh. and I think they'll give up some points but I think they're going to score a lot of points too. And so that's where I'm getting, I just think that 42 to 28 type thing. I yeah. just, I think Jaden Daniels is going to have a, have a day. Yep. I'm with you. All right. That's going to do it. Week 10 will be in the books late Saturday as Ole Miss looks to move to eight and one, five and one in the sec and set up that monster matchup in Athens, which they have yet to announce the game time which tells me they're waiting to see what happens this weekend. I was about to say, yeah. I mean, uh... it has to be they released the the either-or um, for what the game time would be. Um, I know it's either the 2.30 CBS spot. Um, now I can't find it. I think it's either 2.30 or like the primetime ESPN spot. I'd have to... Right. Um look it up but but yeah so I, right now if you're old miss i mean everything's you know still in front of you technically so um i think you handle business this weekend against uh against a&m who in my opinion is a solid bunch but on paper old miss should win this game and i think that that's where um you know these are the types of games that lane kiffin has shown that he has the ability to win so i think that that's huge 
and um, it, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun environment. I, I'm I'm predicting a, a sellout on Saturday. Oh, I would hope so. This is a this is a huge game for Ole Miss, and it's the the best home game, obviously, remaining on the schedule. So yeah, weather wow. should be fantastic. It was kind of hot last weekend. I, I was kind of bummed. I I had my I had my quarter zip and my and my vest, and before I before kickoff, I went back to the car to put everything. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> need a jacket. So that is disappointing. Um, there was a guy on the Ole Miss message boards back in the day that would always talk about you know, October would come around and he would call it happy North face today, which was the first <laughs> day you could wake up and, and wear your North face jacket. Yeah. And, the, uh, uh... That, that is. And, but one of the saddest things is you get those North face days and you're like, this is great. It's like fresh in the morning. And then, and then you get that, the return of summer for like a week or two. You're like, man, I thought we were all done with this. And then, you know, anyway, yeah. but yeah, the, the college football season, but I, I always remember that happy North face day. Yeah, I feel like there's been two false falls this year, um, but uh, it, it's definitely here. Uh, I've had the fireplace on the last couple of days. It's been pretty chilly, um, so I did find it, David. So Ole Miss at Georgia will be either two thirty CBS, six on ESPN, or six thirty SEC Network. So there's three other games that are in flux: Florida at LSU and Tennessee at Missouri. So the TV markets are going to kind of see what. <clears throat> how things unfold this weekend and go from there. So, um, but that is going to do it for daytime fireworks coming to you. Thanks to the folks at college corner for sponsoring the show. Thanks to David for joining as always. We will be back next week as we get into week 11 and look ahead to that monster matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs. So David appreciate it as always, buddy go snakes. I hope they, uh, they even the series back up, man. Oh, the World Series is awesome, man. Obviously, it didn't go well for the D-backs last night, but uh, 48,000 in the crowd, World Series, pretty special environment. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. This is the first time I, I don't really care either way. Like, I'm I'm pulling for the D-backs for, for you, but, you know, otherwise, it, it, Rangers win, you know, eh, you know, cool. Like I, well, I was not... about to say, like, I mean, the Rangers are a great story, too. They've never won a, a World Series, and, you know, that's a yeah. – that's a that's a really good franchise that's taken some lumps over the past twenty years. It's got a good fan base, so I, I think either way it, it it winds up good for somebody. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about it. Until next time, appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate the sponsors that bring it to you. And as always, make sure to like and subscribe on all your podcast platforms and on YouTube. You can find us there. OMSpirit.com. Uh, excuse me, OM Spirit is the channel, and you can follow along at omspirit.com as we will have coverage leading up to Saturday's game against AM. Until next week, we out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.